Welcome to the Big Blue United Podcast. I am Dan. I'm here with my main man, Colin. TJ's not here. He is flipping burgers and hot dogs like a loser. <laughs> uh, follow us at uh, Big Blue United at Twitter and Big, uh, BBU Pod Boys at Twitter slash X. Uh, Facebook, we have a huge following there. Lots of conspiracy theories. Um and uh, yeah, just welcome to the comfort zone. This is what this is where we exist. This is where we thrive. Um, Con, I'm assuming you're feeling great after uh, the 24 to three loss we suffered on primetime Monday night. Yeah. Um, so again, my father and I were there, um, and I'm I'm ashamed to say, I really am ashamed to say, I did not look at, I did not even look at what minute it was in the third quarter when we left, but we left yeah. in the third quarter, of course. Um, we befriended, there are these two guys that are almost always sitting directly in front of our seats. Um, one guy's been there forever. And in fact, I feel bad because he's one of those guys that when, when I've had a couple of, couple of pops, Probably and pops. when I start to get, you know, kind of angry, mm-hmm. he gets like upset that I'm upset. Like mm-hmm. I'm being too negative and he's just yeah. like, come on, man. But he was more negative than my father and I were. And we mm-hmm. were laughing the whole time. We were cracking jokes. It was great. And like, patted the guys on the shoulder on the way out and said, we, we just can't do this shit anymore. Yeah. We got we to get out of here. Yeah. Don't do it to yourself. Yeah. They stayed. <laughs> Suckers. Yeah. I, uh, one of my friends uh, from town here went to the game and he was already like, this is a bad idea. And I think in the early third quarter, it was, I texted him. I was like, I, the, the giants had the ball. I was like, I was just watching. It was just so bad. And I texted him. I was like, I, dude, I, if you didn't leave, I hope you already left. And he was like, I'm walking out right now. And as I texted it, they were driving down the field and I was like, shit, did I like jinx this or whatever? Like, are they actually going to score? And he, he shouldn't be walking out. And, and that's when uh, Daniel threw the interception at, uh, within like the 10 yard line. Oh, OK. So yeah. perfect. that's exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. what it happened is <laughs> the pick as six. Soon, <laughs> as soon as the interception was thrown. Yeah, I, I stood up and did the touchdown sign. For, I would have everybody, and I and I I cheered for him. I was just like, yes, yes. And I turned to my dad. I was just like, ready to do it. And he's like, yes, let's go. And then we just walked out. Yeah. I would have loved if if you got up and walked out as he was running it back for the touchdown. Like you see the interception, <laughs> and before it's even he's even all the way down the other side of the field, you're already walking up the stairs. Let's go. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, what that a- was the saddest part because yeah, I, I remember. He, he ran, uh, Jones ran for that first down and like the crowd was just like, yeah. Oh, God, what a gutsy play. Like that was the vibe. That was like, oh yeah, this, we're going to score a touchdown right here. And then literally the next play. <laughs> and you know what? That, that behind the view, whoever's, whoever's sister took the view of, of the, the interception from the end zone mm-hmm. and you see Waller just kind of waltzing. He wasn't quite open yet, but he was about to be, yeah. you throw it right then. And that's a touchdown. And it's just like, okay. or you, or you throw it in front of the receiver instead of behind him again. Well, I mean, I mean, he could, it could have been a contested catch. He just threw it five feet behind him. Do you know the problem with football as a sport and, especially when you have a team that's as bad as this, mm-hmm. there are so many variables. And this is what keeps Twitter as dumb as it is mm-hmm. because everybody looks at these different angles to either give him an excuse or absolutely bury him. And some people are right. And some people are, most people are wrong. And 
it, it's so subjective that like, I don't know what it's going to take to absolutely like wipe away the people who are still defending this guy. And I, you know, I have nothing against him as a man, but it's becoming more and more clear, especially from the Dan Orlovsky breakdown of, of uh, just how bad. His Which sacks he was responsible for versus the line. Well, you know, that was actually very interesting because live watching it, it was hard to tell. I mean, remember what I said? Live watching it is hard to tell, but me watching him play for four years, I could tell when it was his fault. Not every time, but a lot of the time. It's becoming more obvious now for some reason, especially in the post-game review and all these guys are like, you know, Baldinger and and Orlovsky and all these other guys that are breaking down film and like – yeah, like here's where the line went wrong, and here's where uh, Evan Neal is the worst right tackle in the history of the United States of football. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's where Jones uh, clearly brought it upon himself. What was that stat? There was like some insane percentage of the sacks that he took were his own fault. Yeah, they said they – said, I, I think it varied between analysts, but I think there's 11 sacks. They said four were clearly the offensive line fault. And between six and, and seven were Daniel Jones's fault, whether it's his inability to read progressions or or have the pre-snap reads, you know, like account for the the the, the blitzers, the extra rushers, the free rushers um, to make the most simple pre-snap adjustments. And one of the most hilarious things I forgot, I, I, I like sent across 30 different tweets to you guys in the wake of that game. But one of them was, you know, we understand that uh that like they're they're focusing on Daniel's ability to, um, you know, read plays post snap, but they can't you can't totally ignore reading you know setting up uh, the offense pre snap either. He's just he can't do both. The fact that he's in his fifth year and is getting paid forty million dollars and can't do pre snap audibles, pre snap protection, and then you know account for hot routes or read is more than two you know, progression, two levels of his progression is horrendous. And there's no excuse for that, regardless of offensive line play. One of the and, things that stood out to me the most before we, we, we move off yeah. sort of his deficiencies is the thing that struck me as like the greatest leap he took last year was in the pocket. He would climb the pocket regularly last season. Yeah. You know, the, the pocket would, would start coming at him. The and edges move up. would come around and he'd move up, step up, and then, you know, look downfield. Anytime, with, regardless of what's happening around him, whether it's a result of him being skittish or scared and getting sacked so much that he's, you know, shell-shocked, he just runs away immediately and then doesn't look. He cuts half the field off. I don't think he can look at more than half the field, but then he's got, like, half the field and shrinking, and then he doesn't look deep. He looks for the closest guy available to him and and throws it, you know, four yards. And, you know, I'm not giving him any excuses whatsoever, but that is shell shock. That is like, that is complete and total lack of confidence in the guys blocking in front of him. So he won't even allow himself to uh, let the pressure come and then step up into it because he doesn't think he can step up into anything. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how the line is worse this year than it was last year. That's what's odd to me. Yeah. I mean, is was Feliciano and um, uh, who else did we lose? Not really anyone else. He was the main guy, right? Yeah. Um, no, Br- Bredersen and guess what's his name? Gus- Glu- Gluinski were, Gluinski, were there. 
Uh, now we have Shane Lemieux, who looks like he shouldn't be in the NFL. And yep. Uh, and Azudu is playing, and yeah, you know the the we didn't lose talent, and the only thing you know, we'll, we'll Bobby Johnson, right? Like no one's no one's getting better. People seem to be getting worse. Evan Neal seems to be worse than he was last year as a rookie, which is insane because as a rookie, it was like, this guy's got a lot of talent. He's going to be a project. He's only going to go up from here. And he's so underperformed last year. There's no way we could have conceived he would be this bad. And somehow he's worse than when he started. So either Evan Neal is, I don't know, got like Benjamin Button's disease or something. Like how, how is no one progressing? Um, well, and, and that's the craziest thing. And, and that other, uh, you know, series of tweets that we were discussing too about other teams in the NFL that are in similar situations, one in which being the Seahawks that we just played. The Seahawks of, had one starter, right? And all of which were either fifth or fourth or fifth and beyond rounds and undrafted yeah. starting on the line. We can't make first round picks serviceable. That is not necessarily a player problem. That is a coaching problem. And I know that Dable has his guys and he wants to protect them. But you'd have to think that he's getting some sort of pressure from the top being like, well, what's going on here, guy? I mean, not that John Mara has a, you know, a football bone in his body to, no. to, and a leg to stand on to ask these kinds of questions. But as an owner of a franchise that's supposed to be on the up, I can't help but think he's got to be calling uh, Tuesday morning or even Monday night after the game being like, Brian, I know, I know we were, this was a project and it was a couple of years away from having the team that you really needed given the deficiencies that we had, especially how behind the eight ball that we were with the salary cap and all this kind of stuff. But like, what is this? We, we yeah. are the worst team in the league right now. And there's no, if sends or butts about it, we are the yeah. worst team in the league. Pretty much. Like, look at the Texans, right? They don't they don't have any blue chip offensive linemen. I think they're all starting uh, backups or or you know guys. No one highly tattered or highly drafted. And a with a rookie quarterback. quarterback, and they're throwing three hundred plus yards a game. You know, with a defensive head coach. It's uh, the fact that that C.J. Stroud looks more of a pro than Daniel Jones in his fifth year is, is, is not great. Um, but yeah, about the offensive line, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to, where to point the finger. Or, they all look horrendous. Obviously Andrew. Whoa. Sure. Sure. <laughs> was that your phone or was it the computer? <laughs> no, it was just like, I guess a, a random ad popped up on. Shut up. Nice. Was, uh, it, was it the '90s calling? No, I had like the ESPN box score up of the game, uh, so in case I want to say anything, I, I can like look up some stats. But just you know, uh, yeah. So inexplicable offensive line play. We point to the coaches. At what point, after 14 years of trying to build a, a, a serviceable offensive line, do we find the greatest offensive line coach and make him a huge offer of? you know, $20 million a year to come coach the offensive line. It doesn't go against the salary cap. Like this team is never going to go anywhere if they can't have an average offensive line. And we haven't had that since I would argue even before the last Super Bowl. If that's the case, 
why the hell aren't we calling Mike Munchak right now? Yeah. Anybody. He's, sit, he's sitting out there. He's doing nothing. He's sitting on his hands watching football on Sunday like the rest of us. Yeah. Does he want to coach again? If he does, pay him a head coach's salary to coach the offensive line. Yeah. You call David Deal and Sean O'Hara and Rich Soybird and the whole crew and have them each coach each position. <laughs> Just like something has to be done. It's It's unreal. When you have – the, the amount of draft equity, two first-round pick tackles, uh, second-round pick center, that should be enough. Um, a a third-round guard, you know, um, it's infuriating. Um, but I guess sort of the, the biggest story, which I can't remember, like I almost forgot about entirely after the Evan Neal tweets, um, which we can talk about as well, but I, I wanted to get your thoughts on the Dable-Daniel Jones relationship. Okay, so I think that Dable has played good soldier through today. Starting from his hiring through today, he looked at his coaching acumen and his skill set, and he thought, okay, this guy's got some raw skills, uh, some very good physical attributes, and I can make this work. And if I can't make this work, well – Thankfully, we have a bit of a deal just signed that is, yeah, is it a lot of money? Yeah, but it's, it's, you can get out of it in a couple of seasons. Yeah. So if I am allowed uh, a long enough leash, I can try my best with this guy and with the lack of talent on this team. Um, and if he doesn't work, we can get rid of him because, frankly, this is, this is me. I'm Brian. He's not my guy. Yeah. He's not my guy. He was here. And I'm trying to make this work. And he has somewhat on paper attributes of the last quarterback that I worked with in Buffalo. Somewhat. Very yeah. loosely on paper only. Mm-hmm. Brain-wise, completely different story. And that's very clear now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I think, you know, headed into to last year, he was like, all right, he's got some tools. You know, I think we can get by. Like, we just need average play from our quarterback. I think – with how well Daniel played last year, he basically Dable's like, Oh, I am great. Like I, I can, like, I, I don't even need a good quarterback. I'm that good at, at scheming up an offense and teaching a quarterback to do what he can do. Um, and then, you know, with any sort of positive progression of, of the surrounding players and offensive line and, and Daniel just to take, you know, a minuscule step forward, you know, we're going to be in good shape. We'll be competitive. Uh, that That is not the case. And now he's – everything that I'm sure he was worried about is is rearing its ugly face. Yeah. His crappy special teams coach, his lack of an offensive line, his <clears throat> quarterback that can't operate a professional offense. I, I still can't get over the, the – the the comments we're getting from other teams players um what was the comment from uh witherspoon about oh the book is out he stares down his 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 his, his receiver and we were coached up we were told what yeah. he was going to do and he did exactly that if he looks at someone that's where he's throwing essentially yep. or the, the the previous comments where he doesn't have progressions he doesn't you know every every game now we're seeing guys run wide open and he's you know, chucking it to the sideline or chucking it to the guy that's five feet deep instead of the the, the second layer, third layer throws. The only one on a, on the offense that had any sort of promise in this game 
Wandell Robinson doing jumping jacks <laughs> in the middle of the field, yeah. wide open, and and he's just so scared that he has to just well, let me throw it to uh, to Paris Campbell's feet or out of bounds as quickly as yeah. possible, or let me run to that marker and try to get hurt. Yeah, that's all I got right now, and. You know, the scrambles are all good and fine, and they're exciting sometimes. But, like, Jesus Christ, guy, like, I, what is it going to take? I, I, and he can blame everybody else all day, but, like, when the stats come out with, like, the, you know, the sacks that are on his, basically his book, uh, the reason that they're happening, it's like, I don't know. And, and, and you know, this week, I, I don't have the pulse of, of Twitter as well as most people, but it does sort of seem like the tide is turning a little bit where any of those super homers that were like, you know, don't slander Daniel Jones. Don't slander Daniel. Well, he's slandering himself and he's proving himself. Mm -hmm. And when you have other teams like the Texans and CJ Stroud as a rookie and, and, you know, even, um, uh, what's his name coming in for Geno Smith after he got hurt for a little bit and throwing a touchdown. Drew Locke. Yeah. Yeah. Drew Locke throwing to Noah Fant for that 57 yard touchdown as a tight end. You should never be allowed to have a tight end run that far for a touchdown without getting pushed out of bounds. Like that's another thing too. Why don't we jump yeah. to the defense a little bit? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what about, wait, what about that? Our lads evaluation of Daniel Jones? I don't know if I saw that. What was that? Uh, so, our lads is is like a scouting analytics service. Anyway, one of the guys scouting review of Daniel Jones when he came out was um was this. Uh, I wanted to like Daniel Jones more than this. Oh, it's, it's David uh, Saberston, by the way. Uh, I wanted to love Daniel Jones more than this. I really did. I had a thing for tough quarterbacks, and I do think he brought uh, his teammates to another level. That's a trend I can really make a kid break out in the NFL. While I do have a first round grade on him, I do think he can be in play at 17 uh, because of the position he plays. I think New York Giants may need to steer clear here. Jones has enough arm strength, touch, and athletic ability, but there isn't a quick mind here. He doesn't see everything a top tier quarterback does. That says it all right there. His mind is not quick. Well, clearly. yeah. And when you, when you play at Duke and uh, granted Duke plays, nowadays teams that are a little bit um above their punching weight yeah. than they have in the past it's still not the same kind of competition and that's why you don't draft quarterbacks from duke like come on now and you know throwing that in there too with the mcadoo uh comment granted that might be the first right thing that guy's ever said about football yep. in his life and yep, that I... is that he didn't have a, a first grade round on him and he wanted to trade up for patrick mahomes which is you know, somehow I, I'd like to think that McAdoo would screw Mahomes up somehow. That would probably would have happened. Um, but yeah, know. he didn't have enough time. Um, yeah, McAdoo said, I never saw it with Daniel Jones. I do evaluations every draft, and he graded as a seventh rounder for me in 2019. Seventh rounder. Seventh rounder. Um, I had one other thing to say. Oh, yeah. We made the joke, I believe it was last week ahead of this game, um, about Andy Dalton versus Daniel Jones. Yeah. Um, and I think that came into to clear contrast for us because Andy Dalton carved up Seattle just the week prior <laughs> and Daniel Jones. Um, well, wait, who also have perhaps one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL, uh, the Panthers. Um, so it's they? not like, yeah, they're horrendous. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, anyway, 
we can move off. I think uh, this is how we speak every week about the Giants, and now I think everyone else is talking about the Giants the same way. Let me let me just say something before we go on to the Dolphins or whatever the hell else we feel like talking about for the rest of the time here. Um, I thought the defense had a good game. Is that what you want to say? I think the defense played well, aside from that one play. Yes, the defense played well, all considering. Um, I mean, they gave up essentially one touchdown. Yes. But again, it's one of those things where uh, I don't I, I don't even want to blame the defense or at all, but they, they they don't instill a lot of confidence in me either, especially when you have, you know, someone like Sexy Dexy, who uh, I mean, frankly, he's he's not done a hell of a lot this year. And I, I know that's uh, he's playing well, he's playing well, but he's not playing like he did last year. I mean, what do you mean? Like he's not lighting up with stats? Like he's not. Well, I think it's a combination of things. It's it's between him and um, the worst contract in in the history of the NFL. Right Leonard next Williams. To him. Yeah, like that guy's got to go. That guy's got to go. That's so not worse cool. than Nate Solder, though. That's true. That is true. Yeah. All right, on the defensive side of the ball, it's the worst <laughs> in history. I don't know. I I just maybe I'm just so um, disappointed in the team overall that. Mm. It, it overshadows the defense and, and what, you know, possible positives that they are, are doing. Yeah. I, I do want to say one thing that it's unfortunate because both Gano, with no surprise at all, is he's kicking ass as he always does, yeah. best kicker in the league. Uh, J- Jamie Gillen as a punter, he's, he's doing great him. this year. He's, he's doing great. Yeah. He's, do- he's, he's kicked the living crap out of his performance last year, no pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm very proud of him for that, for turning that around and, and warranting him getting re-signed. So I want to yeah. give credit where credit is due there. However, sure. I, I, I think about this sometimes, especially in years like this, and I feel like we've been doing them a lot or having these feelings a lot in the past. And I, I, I have such a hard time putting into words, but like my dad says that the Jets are a snake-bitten team. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's like, um, for a lack of better correlation for, for the soccer fans out there, it's like a Spursy kind of thing. Tottenham Hotspur mm-hmm. always suck. No reason for it. Tons of talent. Just ends up, everything ends up badly for them. Mm-hmm. Well, what the hell are we? Yeah. Like, what is this terrible, 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 terrible Super Bowl? Terrible, terrible, terrible Super Bowl. Terrible, 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 terrible. And I know we've talked about this again, but I feel like I've never seen this in football. No other team's ever been like this. And it's the most infuriating thing because you and I both know we have to not care. Otherwise, we're miserable every week. Well, that's what I was wondering, too, because we've had so many primetime games. I'm wondering if other people are going to start picking up on the insane stuff that happens during the course of a Giants game. You see it nowhere else. Like that that play that started the game off – the, the touchdown run that either happened or didn't happen with oh. uh, with uh, Walker's uh, elbow touching just it barely. Close. It, was close. it was insanely close. But no other game has I've, I've anyone ever seen a guy get tackled or not get tackled, get up, run, walk back, and then run to the end zone, and then they call it a, a touchdown, and then they review it. Like that starts the game, and it's like immediately weird, immediately inexplicable, and only happens during giant games. I feel like there was so many times. There was other times during that game that where similar things happened. We'd be like, "What? What just occurred there? Why is something so strange?" I agree. I think the Giants 
are extremely snake bitten uh, recently. They don't have the stigma of a team like the Jets or the Browns because they won those two Super Bowls in dramatic fashion against some of the best teams that ever existed. I think that was purely divine intervention. That's what I said at the time. Um, it's the team has been putrid aside from tw- uh, 2008, 2009, and then Plex shot himself and then t- 2011. And then yeah, I know that's like a lot of success in retrospect and they won two Super Bowls in the past 20 years or whatever, but uh, they've been unwatchable besides those two miraculous runs. That's the word. That's and the, the and the, the, those two runs were inexplicable when they happened. They weren't yeah. even like a good, they weren't like a great, like it was great watching like a mod Bradshaw and, and uh, Brandon Jacobs steamroll people. And that was sick. That was pure joy. But the team was for the majority of those seasons was hard to watch too. <laughs> was, and you made a you made a point because we weren't. I mean, you weren't even alive for the first Super Bowl. Uh, I was, but barely, so we won't remember that. Yeah. And we and I was five five. We were five ish for the second one, yeah. and I barely remember that. Those mm-hmm. '80s teams, yeah, we can watch stuff on on YouTube or yeah. whatever. Two thousand nine, yeah. Was the only time in our lifetime, our our woken, not woke, yeah. but woken football watching mind, where we had a team that was legitimately steamrolling people, and then Plexico shoots himself in the leg. Yeah, that was the only time, and that was pure joy. That yeah. was amazing. That was yeah. like you look around the league, and holy shit, we are the best team in the league. We just won the dominant. Super Bowl last year, dominant. and we are going to do it again. And then the weirdness happens: the mm-hmm. shooting of the leg. Then that's it. Then the this slow souring relationship of Tom Coughlin and, and the ownership, and then mm-hmm. it's just this awful I mean, drafting, just, awful drafting, and then that, that's drafting. the whole thing. I mean, is there any way that we can resurrect George Young's corpse? No, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not done with Joe Shane and what. No, they're no, to. I'm not um, saying that either. But like, it almost seems like even their efforts are going yeah. to, to for naught. Yeah. Well, see, these draft picks seem snake bitten. I feel like if you had the Giants' needs and you had Kayvon and Evan Neal there and you were any other GM, they'd be like, uh, yeah, yeah, obviously. Like, clearly, that's the best scenario ever. Yep. And inexplicably, you know, Kayvon I'll give a little more leeway to, but inexplicably, Evan Neal is not even, you know, replacement level good. He is... A, a huge negative right now in year two. Um, and, and some of the other picks, you know, aren't home runs, but, you know, time will tell on some of them. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's a strange team. And if you follow them as closely as we do, there's like no explanation for it. And, and that's why we need to, I mean, until it's actually warranted, we can't, we can't do these primetime games anymore. I, I can't do it. I really can't. I well, don't they took him away from us because we sucked for like five years, and then we had a smidgen of success last year, and they're like, okay, we'll give him seven more because it, it's a huge market. And, and I understand that. And it's all the money, and it's all the, the Goodell stuff, and push it because it's the New York market, biggest in the country, all that kind of stuff. But like, I think it needs to be earned big time, and it can't just be one season where they win one playoff game and they just kind of catch yeah. 
you know, magic in a bottle and, and all this kind of I stuff. I just want, like, I feel like the people that, you know, really know football or in the podcasts that like, we listen to, whatever, the, the, the guys that are on the athletic or the analytics guys or, you know, like the, the sophisticated, more sophisticated football shows know the Giants are hot trash, but like the rest of the country don't really understand. And I, I'm just hoping that the rest of the country sees how bad the Giants are. They're, at least because I feel like doing. I'm taking crazy pills sometimes. Um, no, I think uh, that's the one good thing about these primetime games is it's all being laid out there. No one wants to yeah. watch it. I mean, I don't know what the next primetime game is, but it, it's I. when does the flexing start? Is that after like November or something? I don't know. Uh, I feel like it's, it's the second half of the season when they start doing that. But I, I don't. Yeah. Um, I hope they flex all of our games that are in primetime spots to one o'clock in the afternoon. That's all. <laughs> I mean, we have Sunday night game in two weeks. Um, oh, and then uh, the bills mm. <laughs> and then another Sunday night game against Wait, I think that's the Sunday night, December 11th against the Packers. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at least two more primetime games. It's a, uh, yeah, it's 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 bad. Um, I guess we can look towards the Dolphins game. Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the amount of ways, the different amount of ways that Mike McDaniel manages to put his players in position mm-hmm. to absolutely bend us over mm-hmm. and and really. I don't know, break their foot off in our ass because that's about to happen this Sunday. That's going to happen. Do you think McDaniel's even going to game plan for this or just like run the same exact offense he ran weeks ago? This is the um, this is the fun experimentation game. Where he's just going to have like Tyreek Hill play quarterback half the time and three or four different versions of the annexation of Puerto Rico will mm-hmm. happen on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's where we're going. We're going to see some flea flickers. We're going to see Tyreek Hill throw it to himself. Uh, we will see. <laughs> yeah. A, a, we'll see a punter throw a touchdown pass. Um, I don't P- know. A punter might do like a bicycle kick instead of a regular punt, maybe. He'll play another sport and be good yeah. at that too against mm-hmm. us. That's, that's, I yeah. really, I really do think it's, it's not going to be that 70 to, to whatever score that they had a couple of weeks ago. But no. They are going to soundly kick our ass into mm. oblivion. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm ready for it. And frankly, uh, my dad and I were talking about this, and we, we've been doing it the last couple of seasons. We always get to this point. He's just like, all right, I know it's a little early, but it's not seemingly that early. We have to start thinking about another team that we can, you know, just kind of watch so mm-hmm. and, and kind of follow for the year. And I was yeah. just like, well, let's get started early, Dad. I, I think I might be, be on the uh, Dolphins bandwagon. It's a lot of fun. I kind of like fun. it. Yeah, really fun. Um one of the most fun offenses there is. Uh, and Tua. Tua, look at Tua. Look what he's doing. Yeah. Tua, Tua the concussed guy, the concussed one, uh, is playing great. Um, Tua, wow, that's interesting passing stats. I'm looking at it. Daniel Jones is 90 for 131 attempts for 765 yards and two touchdowns, six interceptions. You got that? 765 yards on 90 completions. On 97 completions, Tua threw for 1,308 yards for nine touchdowns and three interceptions. 
So five times the amount of touchdowns and and half the amount of interceptions and almost double the amount of yards on nearly the same amount of uh, completions. Um, Our leading rusher is Daniel Jones, 34 carries for 173 yards (laughs) and one touchdown. There's his Devon A-chain, A-chan. 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 It's just – it's bad. It looks like Evan Neal's questionable. Andrew Thomas is probably not going to play because they had to keep get him injured on a special teams play and then continue to play him in the, in the Cowboys blowout. That That is uh, going to haunt us forever. Marcus McKeithen is questionable. Uh, Aziz is questionable again. Maybe maybe, he didn't, maybe he'll play. He's just always going to be questionable. Hopefully. Schmitz is hurt as well. Yep, yep. Um, uh, Bellinger as well. Bellinger. Yeah. Um, I think Aziz played all right. He did. You know what? Um, uh, Kayvon Sack was a direct uh, yeah. reason or a, d- a direct effect of the pressure that Aziz put on on the play. I yeah. saw whatever video of, of their exact routing, and yeah. it was it was really Aziz getting there a little bit sooner and then forcing it in and him getting it. So that's good. Yeah. Stay healthy. Cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone's questionable. Everyone. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what what is that what there's to say like unique or profound about this upcoming game. The Giants are going to be um, one in five uh, after after they play the Bills. Right now, it looks like the Commanders are a much better team than them um, with with their second year quarterback. Um, like, who would you know? Is there an advantage there that Giants have offensively? We're, we're looking ahead three weeks. I'm just trying to see. I'm just trying to see what we can. The next winnable game. Oh, keep going. <coughs> Jets. No. Um, no, we're, we're we're losing that one. So that's that's one and seven. We got the Raiders. Uh. Away. No, we're losing that one. One and eight. Cowboys loss. One loss. and nine. Commanders away, loss. One and ten. <laughs> Patriots home, loss. One and twelve. Packers, yeah, home. loss. Yeah, for sure. Thirteen Saints loss. Eagles loss. Rams loss. Loss. Yeah. Eagles loss. Loss. That's it. We're so not we... winning another game. <laughs> and I, I know I've said it in years past, and I know I get all negative and 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 pouty and all this kind yeah. of stuff. But I actually do think it is not possible we're winning another game. That'd be amazing. I'd, I'd, I'd really like that. Um, well, well, actually, no. Usually, I'd really like that, but then we run a risk of losing our coaches in front office, which I, which I, which I do believe in. Yeah. Um, I, well, yeah, I know, but I don't know. It, do you think? Ownership has the capability to recognize the difference between the coaching staff or the the head of the coaching staff and the players and individual coaches within the staff itself. Is that no? no it's just we're bad. We won one game, and now everyone goes. Is that going to be the knee jerk reaction after the season? If I think happens? typically it'd be yeah. Like this, this is uh, pathetic. Um, you know, unacceptable. Let's 
bring in Dave Gettleman as a consultant and hire some, you know, Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick, you know, cast off to to bring back Giants football instead of this, uh, you know, new wage, uh, high flying, you know, we got a respectable uh, smash mouth uh, disciplined football. Um, something like that. <laughs> Can we not? I don't really even want to get there yet. I mean, that's that is really the saddest part because if there was a way to lose every single game for the rest of this season and it is safe, Dable's job is safe, and that's the case, that's the best case scenario right there. Yeah. I mean, which if it has been explained to Mara and Tish and everybody else that like Listen, if someone did a, a massive presentation of how much Gettleman screwed us and the salary cap, Shane himself has got to explain, like, listen, we are hamstrung on a level never seen before. And it's going to take a couple of seasons to dig out of Yeah, them. I mean, I think realistically, the, the ownership knows that. Okay. I, I think must, they've, they've turned a corner on that. They must realize that. It's clear. We're still hamstrung by by the the contracts that that guy wrote, but I think it's insane that totally reasonably, as as the team stands right now, we are underdogs in every game the rest of the season, except for maybe the Raiders, but that's it, and not even them. Yeah, well, the Raiders are imploding themselves. So. Yeah, but they have a a star wide receiver that you know. Will, oh, that's good at least. We'll probably drop trow and, and let it let it rip all over us. I don't know. I feel like I feel like by that point we can probably lock down him or or contain it to him. Um we'll see. We'll see. We're playing the Dolphins and Bills with two of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Um Dan, I just I just wanna be proud of our team again. Um, I don't even know if I need to be proud. I just want to, we had fun watching them last year for a little while. I just want to be able to go into a game and be like this, you know, I'm not going to hate everything that happens. Well, and I don't think it's that hard pressed to ask for being, having a little pride. I mean, hearkening back to Tom giants pride. We've been lacking that Mm -hmm. for a long time. Mm -hmm. And not that we need a uh, a coaching staff or a coach that is is him or anything. I think Dable can be the guy, but I something has to turn, and I don't quite know what it's gonna take. I think um, they get. I think they run their wing, wing T, just base package wing T. Yeah, I I don't know. Right? I, I instead of actually a true wing T, it should probably be instead of a split end, we have. Two two tight ends, fullback, and two halfbacks. Yeah, and and Jones just runs the ball every time he touches. Mm. I don't know. I don't. I'd like to say we run a lot of option, but I don't trust him to make the right read on the option. Yeah, yeah. It's an option to either one of our players or one of theirs. <laughs> if we run the option, you take Daniel Jones out of the game, so he doesn't have to make a decision. Yeah. <laughs> um. 
speaking of uh, football teams that are actually good, um, Somers beat Harrison this past weekend. Our, oh, I was trying to find the score. Yeah, it was uh, uh, 21 nothing, I believe. Nice. Yes. Do you remember when? Um, oh, you weren't there. That senior year, we beat Harrison six nothing. Oof! Defensive that was struggle. The, the best game of my senior year. Um, but it was fun as hell. Luigi Rugliano was uh, their their running back. Of course. Yeah. What a great name. Your your, uh, your brethren. Paisan. Yeah. Um. But that but, the, those were in the days of blowouts. The whole team, the whole Harrison team, had blowouts. It was oh, insane. Gross. Yeah. But anyway, I Somers mean, football, baby. Yeah, Somers football. Let's go back to states. Let's uh, let's win it all. Because um, yeah. you know, no other team that we follow is going to do that. So, are, are, you, are you following Notre Dame this year? I I every year I go into the college football season telling myself I'm gonna I'm gonna follow some some games and it I don't know Saturdays are tough they're impossible yeah. and I I always forget to to record them and stuff like that mm-hmm. but I did hear that uh, Notre Dame had uh, quite the unfortunate ending to the their last outing against uh ohio state that's too bad well yeah they always lose to ohio state these days yeah i know but it would be nice uh i watched uh the first game of the season that was the most i watched so far and um that was they were playing in dublin of course so yeah. i had to, had to yeah. check that one out yeah, yeah. that was fun uh, I do want to go, and I feel like if this is possible, I don't know if we'll do it this year, but we got a plan for down the road. We should go to an army game at some point. Hell yeah, super fun. Yeah, anytime. Yeah, it's been a long time, so I think that should be maybe that'll be a Pod Boys uh, uh, field trip. Yeah, well, Pod Boys need to go to a Giants game again, but that's yeah. true. I no, I figured we'd go. Somewhere I mean, far. I don't know. In a couple in a couple weeks, tickets might be cheap. Um, good point. <laughs> Very good point. Yeah. Uh, agreed. All right. Anything else? No, I think that's it. Uh, I mean, let's be surprised by a respectable loss this weekend, and that's uh, that's all we can ask for. I'm, I'm, I'm for it. I'm for it. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, again, you can find us at BBU Pod Boys with a Z at Twitter. Follow Big Blue United on Twitter. Um, give us a shout in our emails. Uh, say some prayers for. Uh, John Michael Schmitz, and uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.